is Fiona Maynard, welcoming you to another WHC Viewpoint podcast where news and views are discussed. And this particular podcast is about Hanukkah. And with me, I have Michal Balshain. Welcome, Michal. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. And you are, of course, our community director. Um, but before we start, I want to perhaps share some information with you, something you might know about, something you might not. But in December 1993, apparently the Space Shuttle Endeavour um, went into space to service the Hubble Space Telescope. And one of the astronauts who was there to do a spacewalk was a gentleman called Jeffrey Hoffman. And Jeffrey Hoffman was Jewish. And knowing that he would be stuck in space over Hanukkah, Hoffman decided he would bring along um, a dreidel and a travelling menorah. Um, now, he couldn't light the menorah for all sorts of reasons, because of gravity and it would explode and there was safety, but he also did actually spin the dreidel in the air. And then, via satellite communication, he showed his Hanukkah menorah and dreidel and basically wished Jews everywhere a happy Hanukkah. So, on that note, and thinking back to some years ago, how did you enjoy Hanukkah as a child? Well, just first reflecting on that interesting story about the dreidel in space, I wonder if there's an entry in the Goldberg's Book of Records, that's the Jewish version of the Guinness Book of Records, for the longest dreidel spin. Obviously, with no gravity, it, it, it would spin forever and ever and ever. So, so that would definitely be a, a record-breaking uh, achievement. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. It's a very interesting story there. And in fact, he's not the first person to bring Jewish items into space. Well, not the last, should I say, because uh, Ilan Ramon, sadly, we know that he was on one of the Apollos that blew up. He actually brought a Kiddush cup and made Kiddush in space. So there is some sort of Jewish community, and I believe there's jokes about Chabad being on the moon. So there, there, we definitely have stories of Judaism in space. So thank you for sharing that fascinating uh, insight. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you that I got the information from Chabad, so I can believe Chabad could be on the moon, well, to be fair. Well, there you go, there you go. Let's say when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, someone came up to him and said, good morning, have you put Phil on today? So that's, uh, <laughs> that's the extent of their reach. And, uh, Brilliant. And what about your childhood memories of Hanukkah? My childhood memories of Hanukkah. Okay, so perhaps influenced by uh, the popular culture and, and the adverts that we see around us, I have a very fond memory of celebrating Hanukkah as the snow was falling outside the window. And the thought of a white Hanukkah being in a warm room with candles burning, eating yummy latkes, and just watching the snow fall outside, just very heartwarming. So that's a, a cute Hanukkah memory that I've got from my childhood. But on a more serious note, what's very meaningful to me is we have a very special menorah that we light in our family. I have an ancestor who was very active in his own community in Germany before the war. And in 1910, he was gifted a silver menorah from his community. And thank God this menorah has survived the trying times of the Second World War and has stayed in our family. And this is the menorah that we still like today. And what's beautiful about it is as we come together as a family and a family living in different parts of the country, we often make an effort to come together for Hanukkah and we light this menorah. We're continuing that light that was lit in a world which is now gone. 
And we're making an effort to continue and shine that light forward into the future and explain to the, the children the importance of continuity, togetherness, and keeping the tradition. And that's why th this lighting this menorah is very meaningful to me. Oh, that's, that's lovely, Michal. And I hope lots of other people will have their own traditions and maybe their own special menorahs within their family. Um, but on a different note, it, these days we, we eat healthily. Everything is about healthy eating. And yet on Hanukkah, we are fed fried foods, latkes, donuts. Why fried food on this festival? Well, just about keeping fit, you remind me of a quick story. I just thought I'd, I'd add in um, that um, I have a friend who was giving a seminar um, in Beijing. And it was on Shabbos. And uh, there was no Shabbos lift in this hotel. And uh, he was staying, it was a very, very tall hotel. He was staying on the 40th floor. As he was schwitzing up the stairs, one of the um, attendants there at the hotel said, um, why, why are you walking up the stairs? Why are you taking the lift? He said, I'm so sorry. It's my day of rest today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, the, the exercise and Judaism, is, it, it, it's a subject we have much to say about. But you're right. We do normally try and promote healthy eating. There's a, there's a verse in the Torah. V'nishmartem ma'od l'nashotechem. One should guard their soul. That's understood to be, you should guard your physical health. So why is it that we eat oily foods and unhealthy foods on Hanukkah? It's a very good question. And the commentators do talk about that. And in fact, we deviate from our normal practice because if you recall, the miracle of the Hanukkah menorah happened with oil. If you recall the story that when they returned to the temple, they found one small jug of oil and therefore were encouraged to eat oily foods like donuts and latkes and things like that because eating them reminds us of the miracle of the oil, which is the mindset that we're meant to have on Hanukkah. So enjoy your donut, Fiona. Oh, I will be enjoying our donuts. Which is your favourite donut, by the way? Oh, yeah. But what, what's the filling that you like Ooh, the, the best? The filling, the filling. Uh, it has to be the traditional jam donut. There's nothing like a good jam donut. That's my personal opinion. The chocolate lovers. I love the chocolate. And some people like the custard even. But uh, but for me, it's definitely the jam. The traditional jam donor as they should be in my personal opinion um, and, and moving on then to uh, the programs that we've got for Hanukkah I know you've got a number of programs uh, so tell us a little bit about those and we'll, we'll leave the very last program off because I want to ask you a, a further question about that but the general programs for for the community we really try and create a program that offers something to all members to, to, to attract a diverse group of people to, to the various offerings that we have. We've got a fantastic community Hanukkah dinner, Friday night dinner. It's only 20 pounds a head. That's unbelievable for a four-course dinner. You won't even get that in McDonald's. Don't ask me how I know that. I'm not going to ask you how you know that. But uh, that, is a, that is a fantastic price, and that is on Friday night, the 8th of December. We've got a huge kids extravaganza a big Hanukkah party. And this year, we're deviating from our usual practice. Normally, we'd fill our own hall up with families and children enjoying themselves on Hanukkah. This year, we felt the priority was not how many people walk through our door, but the priority is unity. This year, we felt that success is measured by joining up with other communities. And we're going to be joining up with other shuls 
and having a Hanukkah party at the Hilton Suite in Shrubs because we felt this year with what's going on in the world that was for us that was a measure of success so that's on the Sunday Sunday the 10th we have the Israel Learning Exchange Obviously, Israel is, is, is so important to the Jewish people and central to our minds at the moment. We're going to be having an evening all about Israel and supporting Israel, where you can learn how to answer questions that you may be getting from friends and colleagues about Israel, making tzitzit for Israeli soldiers, learning about the history, and learning also what's considered anti-Semitism, while enjoying Israeli food and an Israeli whiskey, which actually arrived to the shul this morning. So we're looking forward to opening that on the evening. And I think there's Krav Maga as well. There is Krav Maga, absolutely. So beware after this session. I won't be someone to mess with. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, lots going on. We've also got the social club on that same morning on the Wednesday with Dr. Sandy Mann. Ten Steps to Happiness will be her talk. Obviously, Hanukkah, a time of joy. So a very appropriate subject. And many things else going on. We have the baby and toddler Shabbat. We have a mother and toddler session. We have things for teenagers. We have all sorts of things going on in the community over Hanukkah. See the email and WhatsApp groups for further information. And certainly, I mean, some of them might be more group specific, but things like the dinner, the learning exchange, it's for the whole community. And it would be lovely to see all the different ages come together and enjoy themselves over Hanukkah. And I think there is one last thing that you're going to do. Um, and I suppose, thinking again about Israel, um, we're hoping that at the Learning Exchange, we will actually be raising some voluntary funds, which we will be sending to MDA. Um, but there's another fundraising uh, enterprise that you and Rabbi Ephraim have in mind. And bearing in mind that, um, very, very sadly, so many people lost their homes um, in the south of Israel. And basically, they are homeless you are thinking of doing something homeless to raise funds for Israel. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, all I can say is when I mentioned the idea to my wife, she said, you're mad. And she doesn't normally say that. I don't think I've ever had such a reaction from any idea that I've shared with her before, which, uh, which, which shows how different this idea is. As Fiona had just said, it's, 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 uh, it's a time where many people have been displaced. People are scared to go to their homes. And it's the winter. The winter is cold. It gets cold in Israel as well. And we have snow at the moment. We do. We do. It's not Hanukkah yet. And I hope, hopefully, we'll continue to have the snow on Hanukkah. Um, from the perspective of the children lighting by the window and watching the snow fall. But from the perspective of what I'm, about going, I'm planning to do... I'm hoping the weather will be slightly warmer because Rabbi Ephraim, the rabbi of the community, and myself have decided to take upon ourselves the following challenge. On the very last night of Hanukkah, in the middle of the winter, we are going to sleep rough, sleep in the streets, bear the cold to raise money for Israeli charities. Because as we said, that's what our brethren, to some extent, have had to go through. And we want to show our dedication. We've decided to push the boundaries slightly beyond the norm. And we're going to sleep rough. Not, not together. Not together. We're just going to sleep at the, same, the same night, at the same place. Um, and we're going to use that as a springboard to raise money. We're going to send videos showing us preparing our sleeping bags, uh, a cup of coffee or hot chocolate. Um, putting on our woolly, woolly clothes 
and there'll be a link and people can donate and please God this will be this charity stunt will really be a great way to conclude Hanukkah with giving because Hanukkah many aspects of Hanukkah seems to be about receiving eating donuts family time they're very nice and these are things that we kind of receive from it's also so important that the flow goes both ways. We don't just receive, we also give. And uh, we want to encourage everyone to give to this campaign and help our brethren who are in need. We wish you both good luck with this enterprise because it's really important that at this time, as you say, we think not only of ourselves and our family, but also of others, and particularly, of course, of Israel. So thank you very much, Mikhail. And we look forward to hearing lots more podcasts from you in the future. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure as always. Well.